We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier, joined as always my co-host, Nick Pilato. We wanted to step in today to talk a little bit about this evolving Giants wide receiver situation. So it all started for me after the preseason game and the comments made by Brian Dable. We'll get into some of that. And then today at practice when there were injuries to Colin Johnson, and Alec Bachman will update what we know about that before. But with all the injuries, with the players returning, with the players leaving, and just overall with the situation where you have a wide receiver room right now, that's one of the, what I think it was, the, was the most highly paid wide receiver group in the entire NFL, where it was top four, I believe. You can correct me on that, Nick. But either way, if you're top four or one, insane amount of uh, salary cap space being allocated to this position. And yet I feel like we don't have any clue right now of the pecking order. I did an auction salary cap draft with my home league, a bunch of Giants fans in there, almost half the league last uh, Saturday, Nick. And the top receiver that went was Kadarius Tony, and he only went for $9 out of a 200 budget. And I wasn't the one who won him, despite my love for Kadarius Tony talent-wise. It just kind of goes to show Kenny Galladay, $1 bid, somebody, nobody crickets after Galladay. Somebody took Wandale for a dollar, just the upside play there. No bids on Shepard. No bids on Colin Johnson and David Sills, despite them playing with the ones a lot this preseason, which we're going to talk about too, Nick, and playing not only with the ones in the preseason at times, but throughout camp. I mean, Colin Johnson made a lot of plays, and Sills starting to make them as well. So it's just such a weird, ambiguous situation right now with our receivers, and we just want to pack them all. we got to start the top of the show with the bad news from Tuesday's practice, Nick's. I'm sorry, Nick. And also, it's not Tuesday, it's Wednesday. So that shows how big my week's been, Nick. So let's start by that. What do you make of what's going on at practice? We have two updates. The first is Colin Johnson, probably a serious injury, was carted off and looked like non-contact, according to Dan Duggan. That one really sucks. And then Alec Bachman, who came up limping after after a route and, and didn't return. Yeah, it's difficult to really know exactly what is going on with both of these injuries, Dan. But regardless, it sucks, right? I mean, both of these guys are having great camps. You just saw Alex Bachman have a career day in preseason. And Colin Johnson has been balling and outplaying Kenny Galladay all training camp. And both these guys go down. Look, I don't think Bachman was going to make the roster, but I was pretty damn certain that Colin Johnson was going to make the roster. Big body receiver. We heard Coach Dable praise his intelligence and his ability to really have success in a variety of different wide receiver positions because he understands the offense. He understands how to run these choice routes. So I'm, I feel terrible for him. Hopefully it's not anything too serious. 
but this just happened about 10 minutes ago. So we don't have that much information on it, but if he does not make this team, it really opens up an opportunity for David Sills, a player that Brian Dable has recently said, Hey, he's not just competing for the roster. He's competing for playing time. And that's something that's probably going to be something we will discuss all podcast. It's going to open up opportunities for a lot of these other guys. And that's probably the way we got to look at it. Let's talk at least on this show as if he's still a possibility because Yes, he was carted off. It seems serious, but there's no indication right now that that's a guarantee. Zach Wilson, similar situation, ends up being two to four weeks. So let's not rule this out just yet. I want to talk a lot about what we've seen lately with the wide receiver room because we came into this season, Nick, and the thought was Kenny Galladay is the number one X receiver on the outside. We're going to have some version of Wandell Robinson and Darius Doney in the slot. Maybe Tony can learn to play outside, play outside a little. Maybe Shepard can play outside a little one. Now it feels like so much has changed from that point, right, Nick? It's not locked in. You have mo- look around the NFL. Most of these wide receiver rooms are not as ambiguous as the Giants is right now. You have just locked in situations across the NFL at wide receiver one, wide receiver two. For the most part, wide receiver one through three around the NFL. There are some obvious wide receiver rooms that have a little bit more ambiguity to them, specifically the wide receiver three position. But as we look at it right now and then base it off of Brian Dable's comments after the last game, I don't feel locked in anywhere. Kadarius Tony hasn't practiced almost at all this summer. It's been extremely disappointing. Why does that matter so much to me? Well, we have a new offensive system in place, Nick, that requires option routes. That requires a quarterback to be on the same time as the timing as the receiver. That requires them to have a rapport. That has not been built. Tony's out, in and out, in and out, then just out for a while. Danny Galladay having the worst training camp of maybe his entire career. Is he still the same player he was in 2019? I don't know. The hip surgery might have done him in. Who knows? But right now he's being outperformed by players like Colin Johnson, David Sills when he gets an opportunity with the Daniel Jones team. At least from just a pure production standpoint, both in practice and the preseason, with that Daniel Jones first team offense, he's been outplayed. So is he the surefire thing there? Then you look across the board, Sterling Shepard, back a little sooner than expected, starting to practice with the team, maybe ready for week one. He won't be on the pup list. He won't miss one to six weeks. Is he in the mix? Wanda Robinson's been the one kind of North star true thing about this offense. Nick, he's getting a lot of reps with the first team has not been injured. has practiced most of the time, but then going based off of what Dave said, look, he said after that game, players like Colin Johnson, David Sills aren't just in the mix to make the roster, dude, like they're in the mix to play and look at what he did in Buffalo. Why does that come as a surprise? He mixed in snaps for Isaiah McKenzie. He mixed in snap for Cole Beasley and various slots there. He mixed in snap for Sanders, Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, he mixed in snaps for a lot of different receivers. This could just be what a Brian Dable offense is. So where do you stand on all of this? What is your projection for week one? How the, how it's all going to shake out? Don't forget the great Jake Kumaro as well. He mixed in a little bit of snaps for him. The one player though, Dan, and you brought him up, is Wondell Robinson, I think is the one who's going to earn a, a solid share. He's a lot of what we saw in preseason, those little touch passes, those little slip screens, those little quick hitters, the bubble screens off the RPO, things like that, that the Giants are going to utilize to try to get Wondell Robinson in space. But other than that, I think there is going to be a rotation because you're 100% right. None of these guys are really locked in. Kenny Galladay is that big money ticket. But 2019 was the last time we saw Kenny Galladay do anything of note in the National Football League. That was a damn long time ago, man. And he's getting paid all that money right now. Colin Johnson, if he's healthy, I could see a lot of these guys, which we don't know if he's healthy, but I could see a lot of these guys just rotating in and rotating out. But if I had to pick three to be you know, mainstay in 11 personnel package, I'm not too confident. They're all healthy. I think it would be Wandell Robinson, Kadarius Tony, and I guess Kenny Galladay. But if Kenny Galladay, you know, it's week two or three and he 
has, you know, five targets and like one catch for 16 yards or something like that. The, Brian Dable's not going to leave him in there, right? You're going to substitute David Sills. You're going to put in Colin Johnson if he's healthy. You're going to use a lot of these other bodies because as Brian Dable has made it clear throughout many press conferences, this is very fluid situation right now. Everybody's trying to get on the same page and get comfortable and be ready for September 11th against Tennessee. So I don't think anybody's really locked in to playing time at that specific position, but we know money talks and we know Wando Robinson was specifically chosen by this regime. So that kind of points me a little bit to Kenny Galladay and Wando Robinson, but you want to get Kadarius Tony out there if he's healthy, because he's a dynamic skill set, And I think he's going to have a major role if he's healthy, but that is a big freaking if bro. Yeah, and I just worry about all the lost time with Daniel Jones here in a choice option offense where like just requires so much of a mental side of things for the receiver. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this in the past with Tony. He's a very, I guess you want to call it, in the beginning stages of his development as a receiver, at least as what he can be as a receiver, right? Like if he reaches his peak, this is not it right now. He hasn't played much of the, the role for his career. Like his sample size his reps are low at the actual receiver position. He was a gadget player at Florida. And even last year with the Giants, he wasn't running the full route tree. So now we get to see him in a different regard, hopefully this season. But I want to talk a little bit about who I think has been the most productive wide receiver for the Giants throughout training camp of the preseason. This is not specifically with the Giants' first-team offense because at least with Daniel Jones, that probably has been David Sills just by the numbers. Even one game was all it took. Jones just played two games here um, and only a little bit of each. But... Sars Colin Johnson, his production has been consistent from training camps, pra first practice through each of the preseason games with both quarterbacks. He's produced with Daniel Jones. He's produced with Tyrod Taylor. Assuming he's not hurt, Nick, that's when it starts to come to play for me. Like, at what point as a coach, if you're Brian Dable, can you say to yourself, we don't care what we're paying Kenny Galladay. Colin Johnson is producing more than him. They're given the same opportunities, maybe even fewer opportunities for Colin Johnson. Traits-wise, yeah, the old 2019 Kenny Galladay blows him out of the water. Does the 2022 version of Kenny Galladay post-hip surgery blow Colin Johnson out of the water from a trade standpoint? Are we looking at Colin Johnson as someone who, yeah, maybe doesn't have the draft ped pedigree, but on film, traits-wise, shows a lot of interesting stuff from a trade standpoint. Like somebody at his size should A, not be able to move that fluidly. I know he doesn't have the vertical speed. I know he doesn't have that, that second gear. That's not going to be part of his game. I understand that. But right now, I'm not so sure that Kenny Galladay has the second gear or the vertical ability, to be completely honest with you. I mean, I know he has nuance. Like, you showed a great release of his film, Nick, where he had a nice release off the line of scrimmage, great separation on a vert, and stacked. He did all the things you're supposed to do from a technical standpoint on that play. But even after that, as he's running that vert, he's not really gaining distance on the second team defensive back from the Bengals there. So it wasn't like to me, the most impressive rap from an athleticism standpoint, from a vertical speed standpoint, from a burst standpoint, anything of that nature. So I'm curious as a, like wh where you stand on, should Colin Johnson get, if he's healthy, get a chance to play more right away? I think he's earned it. Right. And yeah. Kenny Galladay hasn't at this point. And he has the rapport Colin Johnson with Daniel Jones. And he showed a great rapport with Tyrod Taylor through both of those preseason games. And if you're just talking about, hey, money is not a thing. I think Colin Johnson would be from everything that we've seen and heard from training camp and seen in the preseason. Colin Johnson would be the guy who would be playing over someone like Kenny Galladay. It's just we know the NFL doesn't really operate that way. You know, Kenny Galladay's definitely going to get the first crack because of the contract that he has, but we just haven't seen anything from Kenny Galladay since he's been a New York giant. Like I said, 2019 was the last time we saw Kenny Galladay be the Kenny Galladay that we thought he was when the Giants signed him. So 
yeah, I think he would earn snaps here. I don't think he would just be a, a guy just wasting a 53-man roster spot. I think he would be solidly involved, you know, 25 snaps, maybe 30 snaps, depending. And I think it would be a lot of these guys rotating in and out until the Giants really find the re most reliable players who have the rapport with Daniel Jones, who can basically seize the day and maximize their opportunities, which Colin Johnson has done since the beginning of training camp. Yeah, you're right, Nick. And even then, it's like, do they even ever go to what we've seen in the past with Shermer, McAdoo, coordinators of the past, obviously um, Jason Garrett, where it is just like a situation you're seeing in Buffalo now where the expectation is Gabe Davis is going to run 90, 95% of the routes. That hasn't been the case under Ryan Dable. Like you mentioned, like we talked about earlier, there's been guys even like Jake Kummerow gets some snaps, right? Like they rotate in Cole Beasley a bunch, and I know he's the main slot, but then they, they have guys like Emmanuel Sanders rotating with Gabe Davis. And that just might be what it is, especially right now without anyone really declaring themselves, specifically a player like Darius Tony. So that'll be interesting to me. I want to talk a little about David Sills. You know, Nick, it's easy to see. It's easy to get really excited about players when you're watching preseason film. <laughs> Do you feel that way? Like I'm watching the Giants against like a Bengals third team defense and second team defense, like mixing in their 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 backups that aren't going to play. And then their third stringers that are literally getting cut. It's so hard to differentiate is what I'm watching on film impressive. Or is it just based on the fact that it's going against these guys? Because these guys aren't going to play. So there's a possibility, Nick, at least there's a there's at least a something should be credited to say, does this matter? Does it even really matter if you're going against guys you don't play in the regular season? But I'll say this in watching Sills, I've been this is the closest I've been to the Sills army in my entire career covering this team. And since he's joined the Giants, I felt like he was awesome in that preseason game. He did things that really stood out to me. He made a the, the back shoulder catch he made versus Jones, that those are elite traits he's flashing on that. His ability to get to catch the ball up high when there was a ball that was thrown a little over his head, the concentration at the catch point, the ability to reel it in and to really seamlessly move after having to adjust to that catch. That's a trait I like a lot. He has an unbelievable feel. And most importantly for me, when it comes to David Sills, Nick, it's not really the traits. For me, it's rapport. You may not know this about me, but Absolutely. I'm a rapport hound. I am the biggest believer in rapport when it comes to my fantasy analysis and my analysis for the Giants. Nothing to me is really more important than that quarterback rapport. And we've seen so many more countless examples of rapport actually mattering versus it not mattering. I've always made the, the de declaration in my head, Nick, that one day for fantasy on the CBS side of things, I am going to do a big study on rapport and trying to uncover some data on that, put it together and uncover some trends from the data, I mean. But Right now, you have a guy who's been practicing with Daniel Jones in the offseason consistently for two straight years now. I mean, they go together in the offseason. They hang out together. Still said he moved around him uh, move this summer just to kind of get more, this spring and summer, just to get more reps in with Jones. And now it's showing. And, you know, he gets a chance with the first-team offense in Jones last week, and it shows. And then he talks about it in the postgame. He's like, yeah, we feel like we've built something really special from a rapport standpoint. So for me, rapport almost comes above all these other traits. I really do believe that, especially if the player is able to kind of perform on the field like he has been, and he has been productive in his chances. Seem to really subscribe to the shower narrative, my friend. I do, definitely. That's, that's an Adam Leventon special, but I do, man. All three of his catches from Daniel Jones, because he had two from Tyrod, and then the other three were from Daniel Jones. They were all RPO passes, too. So it's not even like he's definitely going to get the football. Two of them were inside slant breaking. One of them was, you know, the Bengals brought a blitz off the edge. And Daniel Jones did a really good job just seeing it and then throwing hot. And David Sills won inside. The ball was a little high, but Daniel Jones gets hit 
as he releases the football. I thought that was a good play from Jones and David Sills. And then obviously the back shoulder play that we talk about, that was another play that was just basically an alert. Daniel Jones saw the one-on-one, knew the safety wasn't there, trusted David Sills, saw the cornerback's leverage high and over the top. So he hit him back shoulder and it was a great body adjustment from David Sills. seems like they have a great rapport. I just don't know if David Sills is going to be able to create any sort of separation against real cornerbacks. He's going up against the second team cornerback, third team cornerbacks of the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think we have to keep that in mind. Either way, you like to see a quarterback have a favorite target. You love the work ethic of Sills to, like you said, follow Daniel Jones all around the country and try to develop this rapport. You love to see it come to fruition. But now with these injuries, if they are serious, even though you have Sterling Shepard returning to practice, David Sills could have a legit shot, as Brian Dable alluded to. Yeah, I bring it up because Dable specifically hand-named both Johnson and Sills as players to keep an eye on that. Not only can make the roster, but ultimately have a chance to play snaps. And I still think, gun to my head, I probably lean Nick off Sills' army in the sense that when it is against these NFL-level caliber corners in the in the regular season, he won't be able to create separation. I don't want to use his sample size of what he's had opportunity-wise in the NFL against him because he really hasn't had a large sample size of snaps. He had some last year. But ultimately, traits-wise, that's kind of where projection-wise, I think, mm, gun to my head, probably not, but... I'll say this, I've been cl- this is the closest I've been to the Sills Army my entire time, like I said, just watching his tape. So that was intriguing to me. What about Alex Bachman? How about what you saw on film from him in the preseason game against? Obviously, you know, we keep in context who he's facing it against, but I feel like he also impressed me on the tape. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. What's going on, Big Blue Banter listeners? Do you like to place bets and find ways to optimize your betting experience? Well, then OddsTrader.com is the place for you. OddsTrader is a place to compare odds from all the major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. OddsTrader offers handicapping, play-by-play updates, player statistics, key game statistics, live scoring and tracking, projected game day weather, and Bet Tracker allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activity. So if you like to place bets and you want to get the most out of that experience, go to oddstrader.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. That's oddstrader.com slash BLUEWIRE. OddsTrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Dude, Alex Bachman is smart. There were a couple plays 
where you can tell the whole choice route thing is really drilled into Bachman's head and he knows what he's doing. There was a play where I, I think it might have been Tyrod Taylor was rolling out and Alex Bachman basically just ran a seven route. He's at the sideline. He's already out of his break, thinks the play is over. He works back towards the middle of the field and then cuts to the sideline, running away from an underneath defender with the covering defender over top of him and then provides Taylor a throwing window that Taylor hits him on along the sideline. He drags his feet, picks up the first down. And I believe there was a penalty on that play against the defense, but it wasn't on the corner who was covering Alex Bachman. So you see the fact that he can extemporize and adjust his route and give the quarterback an advantageous throwing window. And then you have that third and 14 play from Davis Webb, where he was going to run because the Giants run a ton of horizontal crossing routes where they'll basically bring, you know, two by two set both those number two inside receivers will run deep horizontal crossing routes to create traffic in the middle of the field. Well, Alex Bachman was running that route and he was going to undercut the the linebacker who was dropping a little bit to more depth than you would originally drop to. But he works over the top of that linebacker, finds a soft spot in the too high safety shell because it was like a cover two type of defense. And it was just a total void in the zone. He just sits right at the sticks, right between both those safeties, catches the football and then falls backward for a first down on a third and 14 after the Giants took a pretty bad penalty. Little plays like that just go to show that this kid understands how to run routes and understands how to find openings in zone coverage and when the play breaks down. And then you have the two touchdown catches. The one he just kind of runs into space and then tight ropes along the sidelines. Bad tackling attempts by the Cincinnati Bengals. But then the other, he spins out of a tackle, dude. He spins out of a tackle. And they're both the same basic play. They're just little drag routes, simple little drag routes underneath the linebackers. The fact that he's coming through in the clutch there says something about him. The fact that you can see the nuance in his route running to find those openings says something about him. Ultimately, like I said, I don't think he was going to make the team. If he is healthy, we don't have any news on what's going on with him. It's a tweet from Pat Leonard. So we have to wait and see what's going on with that. But damn, dude, I mean, he's somebody on special teams too. And we know special teams with these last final roster spots and wide receivers mean a lot, Dan. And he's making tackles on special teams. He can return if you really need him to. So he's really making a strong case for himself. But there are a lot of names in this wide receiver room, dude. And, you know, the Giants aren't going to carry nine of them. Yeah, and it's cool to see because, as he said, you know, he's worked his ass off for three years now. Been through multiple regimes. Now his second regime. Quiet guy. Hasn't made much of a stink, but has just let his play speak for itself. And he's... Like you said, the two, I mean, what stood out to me was he fights for every single yard, every single yard. The play you broke down on Twitter that you talked about here in reference where he works back to the quarterback, that's a savvy play. That's something you see from a veteran, not someone who's had as limited chances and reps in the NFL as, as a Bachman. He may just be one of those savvy players who understands leverage, understands you know the nuances of, of, like you said, the receiver position, working back to the quarterback, spatial awareness. That's something that I feel like has been good on the film I've seen from Alec Bachman. So Alex Bachman, I keep calling him Alec Bachman. It's Alex Bachman, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but look, he's adding his name to the mix. He wasn't name dropped, but I think it's pretty clear that he's impressed as well, given his opportunities. So just add another name to the mix. What do we make of Wandell Robinson so far, Nick? Because I feel like while Robin, Wanda Robinson has done everything he's asked, he's obviously picked this up fast from a mental standpoint, and that's a really good thing. I haven't seen the flashes I was kind of hoping from him at this point yet, and maybe that's just given, you know, circumstance, opportunity. But when you see a guy like George Pickens having the camp he's having over there with the Pittsburgh Steelers and just looking clear-cut like one of the most underdrafted players at any position in the entire class, what about those off-field concerns? Haven't heard a single peep out of them. You know, I'm just hoping for a little bit more flash, I think, from an early second round pick. 
Yeah, you'd like to see the flash. I'm not worried about it whatsoever. And honestly, man, Wondell Robinson, there was the one screen pass that if if 96, I think it was, didn't make a play on it, that could have yeah. went the distance. Now, there was going to be an alley defender coming down the safety, and I'm not sure if the blockers would have been able to climb to really get to him. But you're giving Wondell Robinson a two-way go against one defender, and that play could have sprung huge. But it was a great play by the Cincinnati Bengals' edge. And you saw Wondell Robinson bobble the touch pass, and then he also had that little like play-action rollout with Daniel Jones. And you know, I, I like the fact that they have plays like that in the playbook. It's something that we saw Jason Garrett do a little bit. But Wanda Robinson blocks down and then he releases, but everybody read the play and no one was really fooled by it. Wanda Robinson gets blown up. I'm not worried about Wondell Robinson. Like I said a little bit earlier, like you said a little bit earlier, I think if there's a wide receiver who has a role on this team, it's probably going to be the rookie Wondell Robinson. And we just haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen that big flash play. He's made plenty of plays in camp, according to everybody on the beat. I'm not overly concerned. Yeah, without a doubt. I feel like with Robinson, no concern level for me as far as looking to see what Look, you see him flash a little bit more. I think that'll come as they improve their screen game and as they improve their quick hitting game with the blocking ahead of them. That's something that's just going to have to come with time. It hasn't happened just yet. That, I think, is a timing thing. We might see that a few weeks into the season. I also feel like I wish I could have seen him a little bit more on some vertical routes. I think he offers a lot as a vertical route runner out of the slot. That's also something I think will come with time. So both of those things can definitely come into play. No concern for me with Wanda Robinson, but as of now, my expectation, Nick, is more high floor than high stealing right now. That's where I'm at with Robinson. From everything I've seen from just the athleticism standpoint, a Twitch standpoint at the NFL level, I'm thinking more high floor than high ceiling. I don't think we're going to have any concerns. And go back. This is great. He's a great contributor who might even be overrated by some Giants fans just for being kind of like a pretty good contributor. But ceiling right now is not uh, is certainly not where I'm at with Robinson. And that could come with time. We'll see how he does in some of those opportunities. You know, as they get the screen game going, as they utilize him as a vertical route runner, maybe hopefully somebody who can get open consistently, create separation consistently and be a solution guy. I mean, every an every down solution guy as well. And intermediate, the deep intermediate halves of the field. That's when I start to think ceiling with Robinson. Like right now, if you're watching Robinson versus George Pickens in camp, you got to think ceiling with one. You can't be you can't be thinking ceiling just because he's drafted by us type of thing. It's kind of it's kind of where I'm at right now. No, I feel that too. And, and honestly, man, like he looks very small out there. That's We're just going to call a spade yep. a spade. He he looks very small. That doesn't mean he can't be effective. That doesn't mean Brian Dable can't scheme him open. We know he's incredibly tough. We know he's smart. And I think all of those attributes will work in his advantage. But I don't even really want to compare him to someone like George Pickens. I think George Pickens, yeah, yeah. He, he was arguably the best talent in the wide receiver class. It's just he had a lot of injuries at Georgia. And he also had reported off-field concerns. But in terms of just talent, athletic ability, size, strength, George Pickens is is one of the better prospects to come out of the last draft. Without a doubt. And I don't mean to compare the two. I still am, ha- you know, it is what it is as far as if I'm happy with the picker. Now, that's not important right now. I know that. Sorry, I don't know this. I have a strong, confident feeling that Wanda Robinson will be a very nice high floor pick for the Giants. And sometimes you need floor picks. You can't. And there is ceiling opportunity for him for sure there are some receivers of his size that break out and there are some receivers of his kind of athleticism that can break out but ultimately i feel like it's a floor pick just my personal opinion if i had gun to my head and i think it's fair to say and that's okay they need floor players especially right now with tony not practicing galladay not producing potential injury colin johnson Sterling shepherd just coming back off the injury they need floor at this position they don't have any floor and i feel like that's the key takeaway here is he's been practicing all summer He's had the reps down, the mental side down. There's a nice high floor for him early on, which is something you can't say about every Giants receiver. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm reading just more stuff on Colin Johnson. You're right. The cart was out and everything like that, man. Looks like a lower leg injury, according to Art Stapleton. And damn, dude, I don't know. I just, that, that freaking sucks. And of course, it happens the day Sterling Shepard comes back, man. The, the Giants, they, they just can't escape injuries, bro. This It's so freaking frustrating. I guess it's the nature of the freaking game, but still, man, it's frustrating as hell. And no offense to David Sills, because obviously, um, Dave's mentioned them both, but the ceiling is so much higher for Colin Johnson than David Sills. That is, should be abundantly clear when you watch the film from a traits-based projection standpoint. So losing a player like Johnson is as bad as it gets for me at this wide receiver position at right now, if you're not saying Gadarius Tony or Wondell Robinson. And honestly, a fair I know people think it's crazy if I say it on this podcast, but a case could be made, at least from what we've seen so far, that losing Colin Johnson might be worse in the in the short term, Nick, than losing a Wondell Robinson because they have other options to play Wandell Robinson's role, specifically Sterling Shepard. But that big body type with those kind of traits and that ability to move so smooth at his size, they don't have that outside of Colin Johnson. They're supposed to have that with Kenny Galladay, but right now they don't have that as of yet. They also have Richie James, and you can even argue Alex Bachman, because Alex Bachman with the third team was running a lot of those similar short A-dot type routes, those little pivot routes, which is something we've seen a lot through two preseason games. You know, you line two receivers, they both just run pivots, go inside, then break out. Something we saw on a sale concept that Jason Garrett ran almost to a fault last season when he would have Sterling Shepard do that. But you're right, man. The Giants seemingly do not have another big-bodied receiver on this roster, even though they're paying someone $72 million to be that player. Yeah, and especially not one who's producing at that level right now. So we'll see. Obviously, there's still a ton of time. We're only talking about preseason games and training camp. Let's move a little bit on, Pierre, uh, to anyone else you want to touch on receiver-wise or anything we missed from the receiver standpoint. Yeah, Darius Slayton. Now, we're not really certain where Darius Slayton is. I mean, we know he's like dinged up. We don't know where he is in terms of how the coaching staff believes in him because he played with the first team going back to the New England game, and he was pretty involved on that first drive. But I don't know, man. It's $2.5 million. You know, we bring it up a lot. You could save that kind of cash. You're going to need it if your team keeps getting injuries and suffering these injuries. You're going to need to sign players, even if it's vet minimum, you know, that can amount and you can save money by releasing Darius Slayton, who has been wildly inefficient the last two seasons. And he doesn't really do anything on special teams, which does, you know, it, it's something, but I look at a player like Darius Slayton. And then you look at a player like David Sills, Darius Slayton is a much better athlete and can create separation at a much higher rate than someone like a David Sills. So I think I, I still think even with these injuries, man, th- it's a discussion. But if Colin Johnson is seriously injured and Alex Bachman is injured, but I don't really think Bachman, you know, comes into this equation too much. But if Colin Johnson is seriously injured, what do the New York Giants do with Darius Slayton? And does that kind of secure a roster spot for this player? It is a great question because availability is the most important ability and Darius Slayton has been injured. And that's been a is- big issue for why he's falling down this depth chart, at least seemingly. But I think if you have all these other injuries start to pile up, the Giants might be a little more patient with his recovery if the doctors are obviously saying, like, look, this isn't going to be a long-term issue. But it's just weird right now. There's been a lot of injuries and little knickknacks at this receiver position. The Tony stuff completely, you know, maybe it's maintenance. But this is valuable time for a second-year receiver who's still learning the position in an offense that's putting a lot on his plate to be out there. And so just think in you know and the same thing goes even for a Slayton type I know he's had more of a rapport with Jones but he is also learning a new offense so the injuries might ultimately end up playing a bigger factor in all of this than we expect as far as who's on the field for week one and who makes the roster 
Yeah, and according to Twitter, which never lies, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> there are teams that are interested in Darius Slayton, but New York is asking for, you know, I guess some sort of compensation. I, I can't imagine it would be anything more than like a seventh round pick that they would be able to get for someone like Slayton on the last year of his deal, who is a cut candidate, I would imagine, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we'll have to wait and see. But with these injuries, like I said, and Giants might have to think twice about parting ways with someone like Darius Slayton, who has proved that he does have value against number one cornerbacks and not just number three dudes. All right, two questions to wrap this up, Nick. The first one, we'll go one by one. The first one is, based on your evaluation of just what you've seen through two games of preseason, we've watched both broadcast and the film, through the training camp practices that we've seen, the clips we've been able to see, and what people have sent us, thank you to those who have reached out, and from the fan fest practice. So just basically everything you've had your eyes on only, not what you've read, everything you had your eyes on only, how would you rank production of this receiver group right now? No, don't worry about injuries. It's the production from what you've seen. How would you rank that group? So just from what I've seen, so am I forgetting everything from the past? Because obviously like Kadarius, Tony and Sterling Shepard and players like that will factor into this. For this exercise, I want to just base it on what we've seen so far within this new offense during this preseason. Okay, so I would say Colin Johnson has to be number one right now. And I'm not sitting here saying Colin Johnson is better than Kadarius Tony. That's obviously ridiculous, but we haven't seen a lot from Kadarius Tony because he's been injured. Same goes for Sterling Shepard. We really haven't seen anything from Kenny Galladay, despite him being healthy and out there. So I would say Colin Johnson has to be number one. And then probably David Sills, Wandell Robinson had a lot of you know good tape coming out of training camp, but we haven't really seen it translate to the football field quite yet. Alex Bachman has to be there. Maybe Alex Bachman over David Sills in that situation if we're going that way. And then Richie James. So I would say Colin Johnson, Richie James, Alex Bachman, David Sills. None of those guys are, are going to be the number one wide receiver if they were all healthy come week one because Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard, I think, would factor into that equation. Kenny Galladay, I guess, because of his contract. But just to go over this one specific question, yeah, it would be those four players, all four players we didn't expect to make the team. Yeah, and so the, I'll, I'll reveal why I did this exercise in a second. But for me, from what I've seen, it's Colin Johnson with the clear-cut one. Richie James with the clear-cut two, even though he's tailed off a bit lately. So you can kind of mix in maybe a 2B for David Sills and Alex Bachman. The reason I went over this as an exercise, that's four guys who we don't expect to play a heavy dose of snaps at any point this season, if we're going to be honest. The only one me and you were kind of pining for and hoping for to play heavy dose was Colin Johnson. And that was going against the grain for most of the time. I mean, Giants fans have certainly come around to it in the last maybe seven or eight days just because Galladay continues to not show out. But we were, and we love his trait. We love the traits on Colin Johnson, but that's four guys who really aren't expected to play much of a role. And those have been the guys who've been producing so far. Those have been the guys who've been getting reps with Daniel Jones and making the most of them, actually showing out on these reps. The timing is there. They're the ones building the rapport. Now that does make me, and the reason I brought that up, Nick, is because it does make me a little nervous if we're going out there in week one, week two, three, four, with the ideal lineup, which is probably for me and you, Tony, Galladay, and Wandell, or Tony, Galladay, and Shepard, some mix of that. There just hasn't been much rapport there. There hasn't been much timing there. There hasn't been many reps there. And then they're just going to go out in week one and be expected to kind of have a, have a passing game that works. And what do we know about passing games? One of the, not one of the most important factor is all timing rhythm. Something that Sills has with Daniel Jones, but it's also something that we've seen Darius Slayton have with Daniel Jones. And it's not even 
Darius Slayton's issues was really comes down to drops. It's not like he's running the wrong route, you know, going back the last two years. And he was creating some separation over the last two years, not a ton, but there were times where he was open. The ball would hit him in the hands and he just wouldn't secure it. And when that happens, you know, on third down, which it happened on, I think a few different times, it starts to, the frustration starts to mount up with someone like that. So I still find this whole situation to be, to be really just, fascinating because there's another player we haven't even talked about who has a realistic shot to make the team and that's cj board and cj board he's like a whole home wide receiver he can get open he's he's not a bad athlete by any means but he's not a, a game breaker but the value that he will provide the giants on special teams is something that i think this coaching staff will seriously consider as well so it's a very very tight competition here the only two receivers we didn't mention is marcus kemp who has like a zero shot to make the roster and then keelan Doss, who was going to be cut, but then ended up being retained, according to Carl Banks on the telecast and, and played and had that nice back shoulder catch. All the other wide receivers that we've talked about have a realistic slight, I would say a slight shot to make the roster for at least even the back end guys. Yeah, for sure. And I think if me and you listed off the four players we expect, we've named the four players who've been most productive to our eyes. The four players we expect to play the most snaps in week one and moving forward, the ones we want to play those snaps, it's none of those guys, really, with the exception of Colin Johnson. So it'll just be very interesting to see. This is such an ambiguous group right now. I'm not sure how they're going to play. I don't think they're just going to go by the book. Right? I don't think Dable's going to be like, well, it was supposed to be Galladay, blah, 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 blah. So those are the guys getting all the snaps. I really think he'll mix these guys in and give opportunities to players. And if they perform in them, the unexpected guys, maybe they stick. Maybe they play. It's going to be interesting. I'm not sold on the idea that just because Galladay's paid, he'll be out there for every snap. He could ultimately end up being like a 60, 70% snap guy. That is within the realm of possibilities to me. And the same goes for a Tony who hasn't practiced at all. And maybe this Giants regime is like, well, if we want to keep him on the field, we can't play him every snap. You know, you don't know that. Same thing goes with Shepard. I think all of those are within the realm of possibility. You can even throw Juan Dale into that mix just because of how, you know, his size versus the rest of the NFL now as it translates to the NFL. So it's a lot of interesting moving parts here. We wanted to break down the wide receiver position. Anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, Dan, there's a hyper hyper focus on Kenny Galladay and his lack of production so far. So if the Giants trot him out there 70 plus percent of the snaps and he doesn't get it done against Tennessee, there are going to be so many questions from the New York Giants media just pressing Brian Dable on why he's playing and why he's not having success. So Brian Dable, Joe Shane, they've been pretty clear with their intentions on playing the best players who are going to give the Giants the best chance to win. And if they trot Galladay out there and he's not doing anything, it's it's not going to be a good look early on for the New York Giants if they don't win these football games. So I think you're right, man. I think they're going to play whoever earns it. I think Kenny Galladay is going to get the first shot. But if he's not having success and there's no rapport and he's not doing anything, you're going to start seeing some of these other receivers work in there. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, that's all we have on the Big Blue Banter podcast today. Keep it locked and loaded. More to come. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you soon. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 